Next on BYU Sports Nation scholarship selection. What can Mark Pope or how can Mark Pope share the excess scholarship wealth to improve BYU hoops next season? Does BYU need to beat more Power 5 teams to get a Power 5 conference invite? In honor of 4th and 19 on 419, what's the most head-scratching moment in BYU sports history? Hi, Johnny. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday, April 19th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man whose excitement for Avengers rivals Thor himself, Jerem Jordan. I'm excited. I'm not, like, uh, giddy. But perhaps I will be next Thursday. I don't know. Yeah. Do you get more excited for a new Star Wars movie or a new Avengers movie? Uh, both. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Both are very exciting. Okay. Just trying to gauge the yeah. excitement level. Would you consider Black yourself Panther more of Panther a... last night was great. Uh, I think yeah. uh, Thor Ragnarok we started, which is super fun. Yeah. You have to pick one. The Avengers series or the Star Wars series? You can only have Avengers. One. Some of the new Star Wars aren't that good. <laughs> like episode eight was so bad. It was the worst. In JJ We Trust, right? Yeah, Moving JJ, forward. Yeah, episode nine. So, yes, yeah. Aven- I mean, Avengers is a 21 movie journey that's mm-hmm. been mostly pretty stinking good. Okay. Well, in today's show lineup, we trust because we had the likes of BYU wide receivers coach Fessy Satake. Which receiver improved the most in spring? A painfully entertaining edition of Would You Rather and Tess Anderson of women's lacrosse before they take off for nationals. We now present today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Former BYU wide receiver Jonah Trineman headed to the Chicago Bears, according to his agent Brennan Sports. He spent last season on the injured reserve list for the New York JETS Jets, Jets, Jets. Also, Ryan Williams of CBSSports.com projecting Sione Takitaki will go to the Detroit Lions in the fourth round, 111th overall pick in his mock draft. Number 10, men's volleyball lost to top-seeded Pepperdine in the NPSF semifinals in three sets. We were wrong. They didn't win a set. <sighs> Freshman Davide Gardini and sophomore Gabby Garcia-Fernandez led the team with 10 kills each, four digs each as well. The Cougars finished the season. It's over at 13-12. and 12. I thought they were going to get set two. 25-23, they lost. I thought that was going to be the one. Yeah, rebuilding year. Uh, lots of good talent. Add a few pieces here. BYU's right in the mix next year. BYU baseball loses 1-0 to Washington in the series opener in Seattle. Pitchers Jordan Wood and Reed McLaughlin, outstanding. They combined for 11 strikeouts, but surrendered that one run. Game 2 tonight, 9 Eastern on BYU Radio. Game 3 tomorrow at 4 Eastern on BYU Radio. And keep in mind, Cougars have now been shut out twice recently. Hey, get a hit. Let's go. Well, that's uh, is it two games in a row? Yes. Yeah, two games in a row. Well, yes. Okay. And uh, number 28, women's golf, currently in third place, eight strokes behind Gonzaga in the West Coast Conference Championships in Spokane. Of note, Naomi Soifua, uh, two over yesterday, tied for second individually, including a tremendous chip in to save par on eight yesterday. Great shot. Thanks to the, the uh, our friends at the W.TV oh, for that. Oh, Drano. Boom. Loved it. So good luck to the ladies. They have won that uh, championship the last three years. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. New BYU men's basketball coach Mark Pope has some scholarship wealth 
to work with, if you will. Uh, there are a number of open scholarships now. It's just a matter of which avenue he takes. So, Jeremiah, I ask you, which avenue does Mark Pope use the remaining scholarships to improve BYU next season? Well, I think in terms of what uh, positions you need, I don't really care what avenue, but what you need, you have three scholarships available, okay? It was two, now it's three, okay? The, the question, is Colby Lafeson on scholarship or not? So if he is, it's two. If he's not, it's three because you vacate. Shang Zee Lee, uh, you know, tweeted yesterday and BYU granted the release of, I want to get out of my letter of intent signed. Quincy Lewis was the primary contact. Dave Rose, it's a different coaching staff, so I get it. Six backcourt players, four frontcourt players. I think BYU needs at least two frontcourt players. I think BYU needs a uh, center, a 6'10 guy that can bang with uh, some big boys. Gavin Baxter is more of a tall four to me. I think BYU needs a five. And you can always have a bunch of shooters. I think BYU's got a couple of shooters they really trust, right? Uh, TJ Haas. Jesse Wade, by all accounts, has been a tremendous shooter in practice. Zach Selyus has the potential. So does Nick Emery. Um, but I think you need another guy or two. Trevin Nell, hopefully, is a shooter. Connor Harding is hopefully a shooter. But I think Connor will be more of kind of an overall Lee Kamardish type guy. Uh, I thought Lee was a shooter. But I mean a drive-in, this guy's going to catch and shoot kind of guy. A Zach Selyus, uh, freshman year kind of guy. So... I, a center, and then a couple of shooters, in my opinion. BYU needs another bulldog scorer. I don't care where it comes from, whether it's a center, a forward, a guard. They just need another bulldog that wants to score the ball. And they've what, had what, what one do you of these mean? guys. What do you Go, mean? Elijah Bryant, bulldog mentality. Okay. Yoli so Child, bulldog player. mentality. Yeah. Eric Mika, bulldog mentality. They need that guy. So they, they need, need a, a guy like high that. high school player. Is that what you're saying? Well, if it's Brandon Davies, sure. <laughs> or a player like Brandon Davies or Kyle Collinsworth, another guy with a bulldog mentality. They need a player like that to, to uh, help TJ Haas. Can you get to that compliment him? At this point is my concern. Transfer portal. Perhaps. Yeah. As, so a grad transfer? Yes. Otherwise, it'd have to be a JC guy. Perhaps. Yeah. You know, my it's, hopes for Mark Pope are that he can go to the well that he has found success in at Utah Valley and find a guy in the transfer portal that fits BYU's specifications but has that bulldog mentality. A lot of those guys had to sit a year. That was the issue. So they'd be a power six conference guy that it didn't work out for whatever reason, and they would sit out a year, and then they'd play. So um, if we're talking immediate, it's got to be a grad transfer guy. And BYU's had a few of those the last couple of years. Kyle Davis and LJ Rose come to mind. Uh, other notable transfers, uh, Elijah Bryan, of course. Happy birthday to him, by the way, um, in Israel. So, yeah, you, you can always have uh, a bunch of those guys, and I, I think you're right. You lose Yoli Childs, how are you going to replace him? you got to have somebody with that him? mentality. Yeah. I will score the basketball when I get it. Man. How about a Cougar mentality? Okay, fine. Yeah, we can go Cougar mentality. <laughs> and I'm with you. I think BOE needs a rim protector. Yeah. Not so much a score, but just somebody big inside well, I, I want to protect. An off, I want an offensive guy. I think Gavin Baxter is your rim protector. The past two days, we've discussed the uh, football schedules article, FB schedules, about BYU still being a Power 5 equivalent mm-hmm. in scheduling. Does BOE need to beat more Power 5 teams to get a Power 5 conference invite? I don't know if it's specifically beating Power 5 teams as much as it is just winning overall. BYU needs to be ranked and relevant to be on the scene for these Power 5 conferences that we hope are going to expand in 2023 and 2024. That's what nobody really mentioned, Spencer, and we talk about behind the scenes is, what if they don't expand? We hope. What if they don't? We're all assuming they will. How do we know that? That's the thing. We don't. Again, it is hope. Powerful emotion. We've discussed it a lot this week. BYU needs to be ranked and relevant 
to be in the conversation when all of that gets drug up again I, in a few years and maybe one of these conferences or two of these conferences decide to expand a little bit? I think BYU will be in the conversation no matter what, even if they stink the last couple of years. Because they're looking at more than just on the sure. field. But you're right. There is an element to this that is misunderstood quite a bit. You have to have a validating top-end kind of season late and close to the time of expansion. Why did a lot of the teams uh, get invited when they did? It's because they had a season recently. Utah in 08 went undefeated, right? TCU had a really nice run. Goes to the Rose Bowl, right? And, uh, and, and wins there. And they had several good seasons. BYU had several good seasons, though, 6 to 09. But perhaps there were other things that kept BYU out of the mix. Obviously, the Pac-12 we've talked about. The whole academic institution and then BYU's private and, and certain off-the-field things there, right? Uh, Big 12, things came up, whatever. If BYU, I, I think it would help to beat more Power Fives. Sure. But it's overall. Why is UCF in the national conversation? Because they played a bunch of Power Fives in non-con and They won, won a bunch of games and then they won a big game against yes. a Power Five team at the end of the season. 25 games in a row, in fact. BYU did that same thing, 83-85. to 85. 25 in a row, 22nd longest streak in the history of college football. Let's rewind to 1996 for BYU. Magical season, 14-1. and one. The Cougars opened the season with a win against the Power 5 team, who was ranked, who yeah. actually didn't pan out. And we've discussed this That's ad nauseum. how it goes. If you got a great win, they weren't that then good. BYU runs fine. the gauntlet other than Washington against yeah. teams that were not Power 5 consideration. Yes. And then they win a big game late in the season against... Kansas State in the Cotton Bowl, and BYU's in the Big 12 expansion conversation mid-90s. I'm going to bring this up in our next topic. Oh, my goodness. Something that really uh, makes me disappointed about that situation. Not the season, but the aftermath and the conversation there. One of the big issues with expansion, too, was so BYU was in the whack back in the day, right? Arizona and Arizona State were plucked from the whack to go into the Pac-10. It was the Pac-8. Mm-hmm. Had BYU been in the mix, had BYU been better earlier, they would have been in the uh, Pac-10 probably. And then it wouldn't have been the bigotry of, you know, well, actually, we're an academic research institution. Is BYU not a research institution? Sure. Like, get, you're telling me Wazoo is better? Like, come on. Recency Oregon bias. State? Yeah, recency bias is a real thing. And uh, to your point, Jerem, if BYU can put together a 10-win season with a harder independent schedule, that can be validating and a cherry on the top of everything that BYU has to offer to a potential Power 5 expansion. And in 2014, BYU was on its way to doing this, which mm-hmm. is our stat of the day. Mm-hmm. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. 2014 is the only season in independence with a winning record against Power 5 teams. BYU's gone 500 a couple times, most of the time under. 40% we talked about. BYU was 3-0. Cal at the end of the season, Virginia, and Texas. Texas who are a combined 16 and 21, all three teams above, below 500, by the way. But it didn't how matter. Do you, how do you go undefeated against Power Fives? Play bad Power Fives. But it didn't matter to the <laughs> national scene, right? No, it didn't. It didn't. And, and uh, BYU fans weren't like, oh, I wish we were playing better Power Fives. It was just about winning. It's just, I'm telling you, it's about winning. Just play fewer and win more. That's kind of a weird stat, and keeping with the weird theme, it's April 19th, in honor of it being 419, and uh, in honor of 4th and 19. Honor? Is that really the word we're using? <laughs> honor? 
Jaron, what's the most head-scratching moment in BYU sports history? How long is this program? Seriously, we could do an entire two-hour program on this and not cover everything. <sighs> okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off the radar here. Mm-hmm. 1996. BYU chose not to pursue an invite from the Big 12, but initially sat back and waited for an invite. Mm-hmm. I think if BYU maybe had put itself out there a little bit and been a little more proactive, perhaps they get an invite and change the course of history. I know the governor of Texas at the time was a Baylor alum. We like to think that that you know, played a big factor and BYU didn't get invited. But why was BYU in the mix there? Because they had that validating season like you brought up. That's one of them. There are a lot. Losing eight in a row to Utah is like the most head-scratching thing in ever. Um, losing to Utah occasionally is fine. That's a good program. In fact, they're better than BYU right now. Like, clearly. They're in a Power 5 conference. They've won eight in a row. But the margins have been so tight that the fact that BYU hasn't had one in the last eight years is stupid. I'm going to give you a couple of seven to six moments that are the top of the head-scratching list for me, Jerem. Number one, rewind to 2012. BYU goes to the Boise Blue. The defense pitches a shutout. Mm-hmm. And the Cougars lose? How does that work? The BYU defense gives up no points. I award you no points. And BYU <laughs> loses the game 7-6 to six because Boise State has a pick six off Riley Nelson. What was that guy's name? I'm looking it up. And then Taysom Hill comes in with BYU trailing 7 to nothing late. Ah! Fourth quarter leads BYU down the field on a drive. And BYU opts to go for two. Don't go for two. What are you your doing? Your defense is playing so well. Boise State has no offense against your defense. And they don't get it and lose 7-6. to six. Mike Atkinson was the guy's name that had the pick six. Hey, Mike. Hope you're doing well, man. He ain't watching. 7-6, to six, <laughs> Boise State 2012. Also, yeah. this season, same final score. Northern Illinois comes to Provo and scores seven points. The boys from DeKalb. <laughs> And win the game. BYU's inside the five-yard line driving in the second half. No points. No touchdown. That was right after the hurdle. No touchdown. They lose that game 7-6. to No six. touchdown. That, to me, is so weird. Two 7-6 yeah. games in independence where you play lights out on defense and don't win. How? How? Just how? I thought defense won championships. Oh, wait, you have to score an offense. Yeah. Oh, wait, crazy. There are some positive head-scratching <laughs> moments, too, like being down by 25 to Iona in the NCAA tournament and winning that game. Well, the head-scratching part is, why do you get down 25 yes. to Iona? What? Our question of the day, not surprisingly, what's the most head-scratching moment in BYU sports history? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation. On BYU Sports Nation. At Chase B. Cole answers on Instagram. Mark Pope's going to love this response. Mm -hmm. Losing to Utah Valley University in men's basketball, giving up 100-plus points to them in the process. 114, to be exact. I was hoping we'd go more of the blooper route. There's so many negative emotions (laughs) and experiences from these answers. I don't know why we're drawing upon that. No, I've got another one for you. I'm just getting riled up. Like, what? Rewind to uh, 2007, BYU football season. I'm sitting next to my mom, who finally is Aww. like, I'm going to go to a BYU-Utah game. Her first BYU-Utah game. The Cougars are trailing late in the fourth quarter. It's fourth and 18, and I am holding my mom's hand and just thinking, this is terrible. Her first BYU-Utah game, it's in Provo, and 
This is happening. It's fourth did and eighteen. Did I get you tickets to this game? I think I got you maybe those you tickets. did. Maybe yeah, yeah, it was I you. Did. Yes, I, I came did. from Grand Junction. Yeah. I think you got me the tickets. Yeah, I did. I'm thinking, my poor mom. She's never gonna want to come to another game. She's like, I'm bad luck. If I'm there, it's bad luck. Austin Collie somehow is wide open on yeah. fourth and eighteen. Beautiful. BYU ends up winning that game. That is a Positive head scratcher. I don't want to flashback 12 years, though. <laughs> I want to flashback 12 days. Come on. Coming up, receivers coach Fessy Satake discusses holding his breath for two hours on a plane. Yeah, what's that all about? He deserves an award. Also, which of his receivers improved the most in spring football? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. After a 1-0 loss last night, the BYU baseball team is back at it tonight. Game 2 against Washington in Seattle. Easton Walker and his 0.82 ERA are on the hill for the Cougars. Listen on BYU Radio and the app at 9 Eastern. Uh, 0.82, is that good, Jerem? Uh, this just in. It is It is great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would you say it's elite? I would, and I think that's the proper use of said word. <laughs> Live from Studio B on a Friday. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Now, to bring in our next guest, there's only one way to do it, and that is to go to a tweet that was presented from his outstanding account, at F. Sitake. Follow it now. Fessy Sitake says, Last night, there needs to be a hygiene standard for all flights, and if you don't meet that hygiene standard, you are kicked off the plane. He continues, I didn't think I could hold my breath for two hours, but I just did. That's a long time to hold your breath. Wow. Fessy, I hope you've caught your breath by now. He joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Fessy, uh, how you feeling after that adventure? Man, with, with, God, things, with God, all things are possible. <laughs> <laughs> so I held it for two hours, and I'm, I'm back. I'm healthy. I'm ready to go. So. Where were you flying? I was flying, to, I was flying from California. Uh, back to Utah. So before that, I went from D.C. to California. So I thank goodness it wasn't on that. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. So, Five hours. Yeah. It was an under two-hour flight, just barely. And so I was I was able to do it. You know, there's times in your life where your your character, certain certain uh, traits get tested, humility, discipline, patience, <laughs> charity. So I, I guess I'll look at that experience as one of those moments. There's got to be like some pocket deodorant available for uh, all that the, the uh, flight attendants can bring by and be like, uh, sir, uh, as a courtesy, would you please use this for How a do moment? You tactfully do that, I don't know. though, right? I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe it's a, a requirement. Yeah. Maybe That's, it's a requirement yeah. for all passengers. Who knows? Yeah, forget the snack mix and the cookies. Like, bring some toothpaste and some deodorant. That's a great idea. Great. And then someone's allergic to it, and they have a reaction. You're in the air. You have to ground in Kansas City. Like, come on. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. So just to – I know you guys got to get stuff, but but the D.C. to uh, uh, California flight, the guy in front of me did drink so much that he just threw up all over the floor. Oh, no. Yeah, this is so the worst a- experience of your life ever in terms of air travel. We better get something out of this recruiting trip, or I'm going to be <laughs> I'm going to be angry. <laughs> what? So, uh, do you cover do you cover DC and California? Where, what areas uh, of the country do you? I cover? just have I have the whole Inland Empire, which is basically you know southeast of LA, and you know inside that that mountain range that separates Orange County. So that's kind of my area. It's where I serve my mission. But then there's times where we'll just 
fly out and spot recruit and see a, a guy from our position or a guy who we're, you know, we've got a good relationship with. And so we can't, during this period, we can't talk to those guys a lot, but it's just go, it's good to go, you know, show face and see some of these coaches. So, but, but my area is that part of California. That's been a hotbed, specifically Fontana. Uh, we've been able yeah. to get, what, Devon Blackman, Jamal Williams, Sione Takitaki, Tyler yeah. Algier, right? Aleva Hifo. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. so Fontana's like the spot, right, among uh, many others. It seems like there's a, a lot of good talent in that area, Fessy. So I guess how hard is your job in that area? <laughs> um, it's Yeah, well, it's not hard. It's not hard to find kids. It's just hard to, to make sure that we have the, the right – the right fit and that those kids are going to um, really, really enjoy being here and, and want to be here. You know what I mean? And that, if that's not so hard. It's just the pool does shrink a little bit, but I love it. I'm, I'm, good, I'm glad I got a good pool of kids to recruit. You've got some dudes, uh, namely Aleva Hifo and company, in your wide receiver core right now. So what type of receiver are you looking for to help bolster that group? Um, just, man, if you can play, you can play. And it's interesting. I was talking at, uh, to a couple of scouts at the Pro Day um, just recently, and there was a common theme in some of the ones I was talking to is that they're not so much, there's a trend going towards that, that six foot to six two receiver. It's not so much the six four, six five guy that you're just, now, granted, if you can get a freak at that size, that's great. And, and when they come along, you know, pounce on that thing. Um, and then everyone who's a little bit smaller in stature, the five eight, five nine guys, it's going to be hard to find a big pool of those those smaller guys who run, you know that that four three time, and so that that six foot five eleven to six two mold um, is something that's you know starting to become you know really appealing to some people, um, guys who can do it all and who are real, real versatile, and that's something I feel that uh, this group features that I have right now. You know, I have six guys who who might not be the most dynamic in one specific trait, but, man, they can do it all. They play across the board. They all play so- slot. They all play wide out. They're all shifty enough to make a guy miss. They're fast enough to be able to stretch the field. And, and that's a big blessing for me. And so, really, what I'm looking for is not so much one type of receiver. I just understand the skill set that each type of receiver may bring. And if I feel that, you know, they're going to be a value to this core and to this offense, then I'm going to, I'm going to do everything I can to get those guys. So I know it's kind of a, a broad answer, but it's, but it's, it's true, you know, in, in, in my regard. So the schedules are certainly tough and BYU opens with four power five opponents. Do you have to recruit in a different way to be able to handle these schedules or do you bring in the same guys and hope that you can meet the challenge of the schedule? Yeah, that, that's a good question, and I think a lot of that time, a lot of that is up to is position specific, and you know that's kind of what I went, um, you know, going back to my guys. If we're speaking of, of my receiving group, which is uh, what I think your question was, um, they can all play against the best, man. They can, and, and I have guys who will be able to run steps, you know, step by step with those corners, and then I have guys who will just be able to to break them off with their with their savviness and the way they run their routes. You know what I mean? And so we, I might, might not be able to line up and win a foot race versus every single guy. I think there's a couple I have that, that would be able to hold their ground. But every guy has their own strengths. And so, I, yes, I do believe we have the guys that can line up and go toe-to-toe with those guys. And, you know, I feel confident in our ability to produce against, you know, those big teams. So BYU wide receivers coach Fessy Satake with us on BYU Sports Nation. Let's talk about some of your core guys joining Aleva Hifo. In the convo, Dax Mill, Neil Pau, Gunnar Romney, Talon Shumway, Micah Simon. Which of your group individually improved the most or maybe surprised you the most in terms of their improvement in spring football? 
Um, oof, that, that's, that's a hard one. In terms of improvement, I know you guys probably don't like broad answers, but I, I sincerely like feel every guy um, had such a good spring and took a huge step forward. Now, Gunnar Romney was a big improvement just because there were a lot of question marks about him, you know, and, and, and his health, and you know, he wasn't able to, to consistently play throughout the fall. Um, and so there were a lot of question marks about him, and I think he he had a great spring. And I'm, I'm super proud of the, the steps he, he took forward. Um, guys like Talon Shumway, who has always been what he's been, had a great spring. He's the same consistent guy who just plays his butt off, and, you know, glad to have a guy like him. Dax, um, you know, who earned a scholarship, took a huge step forward. Micah had a great spring, and Neil had a wonderful spring. So all those guys really, like, super happy with they with, with the way they played, and I felt they were a, a strong suit, you know, of, of the of the team this year, just in terms of how they played and their availability and, and durability and all that stuff. Is Jackson McChesney going to be a running back or a receiver or both? We we have him slotted as a running back right now with the ability to, you know, flex out and like he did in high school and, and catch a bubble screen or a slant or be able to run by a linebacker if they end if they end up going to man to man coverage. So he's pretty pretty versatile and, and but I think we're slotting him uh, at the running back spot. Is that the case as well with Luke Andrada, the speedster? Yeah, that's the plan. He's still a little bit more in question in terms of kind of where we put him, but um that's the nice thing is not just because we're not sure uh, what you can do, it's more what the best fit's going to be. And so uh, right now, that's, we're kind of still unsure, but it could be, it's definitely between those two, though. Wide receivers coach Fessy Sitake on BYU Sports Nation, part of a loaded Friday show. We've talked a lot about the first four games recently on the program, Fessy, with Utah at Tennessee, and then coming home to USC and Washington. We're trying to manage expectations, but it's hard not to have the blue goggles on as well for all four of those big-name opponents. What do you think of the first four games for BYU, and how do you manage your expectations in that regard? I love it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. and I think, I think one of the pitfalls, whether as coaches, as fans, as players, is you hear a program's name, and the first thing you do is, is you string together – all of the successes they've had over who knows how long, right? It could be a century or the past decade or, you know, what's most recent. So, and when you do that, you can create this false sense of, I don't know, you can create an insecurity that maybe you don't match up to these guys or whatever it is, but man, we, we, we are so excited about our team and what we have coming back. And, and if we can go in and, and, and beat Wisconsin and Camp Randall and we can go in and, 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 you know, punch Utah in the mouth for, Unfortunately, only three quarters instead of four, right? But those are things, um, flashes that tell us it doesn't matter who we go, who we line up against. If we play our game and we just think about us and what we have now, then we can beat anyone. So I'm, I really am genuinely excited. I know the boys are, and, and we're ready for it. We're ready for the first game despite what, you know, anyone else thinks. So. I'm very excited about the first game, uh, Utah. Uh, the fact that Utah is first to me is the best possible place for them. I know last is kind of traditional, but there's no conference championship to play for. Plus, you might be banged up or whatever. I love it as the first game. How do you feel about it as the first game? I'm great with it. Yeah, first game, honestly, first game or last na- last game. Like you guys probably look into it a little bit more, uh, rightfully so. Um, but man, I don't care when we play them. I mean, it could be game four, game seven, game nine. Like. We got to play those guys, and, and no matter what time of the year it is, you know we we, we got to be ready for it. And so the fact that it's the first game this year is really exciting, just because we got a lot of questions to answer and things to figure out about ourselves, and what what better opponent 
uh, you know, to do that against in Utah. So we know it's going to be a challenge and a battle, but we're, we're ready for it and we're excited. Fessy, you were a Salt Lake County native guy, grew up Hillcrest Husky, playing against Jerem Jordan's Copper Hills Grizzlies. And in that, <laughs> in that area where it's kind of a mix, a pure mix of BYU and Utah fans, where were your allegiances when you were a kid growing up? So it was all wherever my family was, right? So growing up, I was a diehard BYU fan, man. I, I was at every game and every camp because that's where Glani and and many of the relatives uh, played. Um, but the second uh, Kalani went to Utah, I became a, a Utah fan. And, and that was uh, right after my high school years. So it was a little bit different part of my life. But I was a, I was a big Utah fan just because of, of him. So loyalty kind of, uh, you know, overrode everything. But um, obviously I'm a BYU guy through and through. So it's, it's that's where my allegiances were growing up most of the time. Now that Kalani's here, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just follow Kalani, right? Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Fessy, congratulations on surviving the uh, hygiene test. Um, miracles still happen. You don't stink. Yeah, you definitely do not. <laughs> no, not at all. Keep... I take pride in my hygiene. <laughs> <laughs> great to talk to you, man. Uh, have a great weekend, and good luck on the recruiting trail. Okay, I appreciate you guys. Take care, man. Bessie Sataki on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Interesting conversation there, right, about uh, kind of the first four and how that stacks up. And, and he doesn't feel like they have to recruit differently. They can recruit the same guys. Um, my, my concern with the first four isn't uh, necessarily who they are. It's that they're all in a row. It just becomes tough to go bang, 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 right, in those four tough games. You need some uh, alleviation of some kind at some point. And that won't come, honestly, until November. Like, Toledo is not a sl- – they're no slouch in game no. five. You know what I mean? In so, the glass bowl, no less. They win a ton of games on their home field. I did feel this burst of excitement and enthusiasm when we discussed the core of receivers that he has coming back because they've all played and they've all made big plays. Yeah, and, and I think they need to get even better, right? Um, I think the two best pass catchers on the team aren't in that group, though. I think they're Matt Bushman and Ronai Laulupututau. So if you can surround those guys with, uh, with, with good receivers, and I think BYU's got some good experience, that'd be great. Coming up, would you rather? Oh, Jerem, would you rather BYU football go 9-4 and four with losses to Utah State, Utah, and Boise, or just play it out to see what happens? This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station on a Friday, April 19th. It is 419 day, 4th and 19th. We're discussing head-scratching moments. I wish it was on a Saturday. We're also discussing (laughs) today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. If you missed it earlier, former BYU wide receiver Jonah Trineman headed to the Chicago Bears. That according to his agent, Evan Brennan of Brennan Sports. Trineman spent last season on the injured reserve For the New York Jets, also out of the NFL, Ryan Williams of CBSSports.com projecting Sione Takitaki will be drafted by the Detroit Lions in the fourth round, 111th overall pick in his mock draft. By the way, Sione had a 45-minute FaceTime conversation with the Philadelphia Eagles yesterday. 
the defensive coordinator. Awesome, mm-hmm. right? Number 10, men's volleyball lost to top-seeded Pepperdine in the MPSF semifinals in three sets. Freshman Davide Gardini, sophomore Gabby Garcia-Fernandez both had 10 kills and four digs each. Cougars finished the season 13-12 and overall. BYU baseball falls 1-0 to Washington in the series opener. In the Northwest in Seattle, pitchers Jordan Wood, Reed McLaughlin, outstanding. They combined for 11 strikeouts but surrendered that one run. BYU has now been shut out two games in a row. Game two tonight, 9 Eastern on BYU Radio. Game three tomorrow, 4 Eastern, also on BYU Radio. I project BYU will score some runs. That'd be nice. And women's golf is ranked 28th. They're at the West Coast Conference Championships in Spokane, where they won three of those in a row. BYU currently still eight strokes off the lead behind Gonzaga. And Naomi Soifua is tied for second uh, right now. Yesterday, chipped in on hole eight. New. Love it. To save a par. So good luck to BYU, as uh, Coach Kerry Roberts said. It's a moving day. No question. It is moving day. It's also a Friday, which leads me to this question. Jerem, would you rather Ben Bagley join us on a Friday or not? I would rather. Okay. Hey, let's bring him in. Uh, Ben Bagley for Would You Rather, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Ben, climb on into the conversation, my friend. What do you have for us? Hey, thanks for answering that question correctly, Jerem. (laughs) <laughs> two thumbs up would you rather let's start with this one would you rather take a not, would you rather go three and one in the first four games mm-hmm. with a loss to utah or one and three with your only win being against utah oh. three and win with the loss to utah three and one BYU's ranked BYU's 20 first in the country yes awesome. fantastic a hundred times out of a hundred yeah you no beat doubt. Tennessee, no no USC, and Washington. Are you kidding me? Do you think that would make a national splash? Because then you would have won three games in a row, and you're ranked, and no one's even thinking about the loss to Utah nationally. It's like, yeah, they lost to Utah, yeah. but did you see what they just did? Yeah. No, no question. Yes. Now, there are fans out there, and a lot of them that would say, oh, no, no, no question. I would take, I would take it's been eight in a row against Utah, like beat Utah. Yeah. I, and I get that angle of it. I just don't think it's correct. No. <laughs> it's... Narrow-minded. I, I feel it's ob- differently. It's obtuse. It just, come on. What's better well, for the overall state of the yeah. program? Not the fan individually. The overall state well, of the program. They don't care about the state of the program. They care about the state of their their program mentally, their, their and I, emotional and program. I am, I am encouraging yeah. them to have to zoom out and look at a wider Why? picture. Then you'd have perspective and grow. <laughs> it doesn't sound fun, does it? All right, Ben, next. Let's stick with football scheduling. Would you rather? Let's say, would you rather take a nine and four record with mm-hmm. losses against Utah, Utah State, and Boise State right now? Oh boy! Or play it out? Oh boy! I would take nine wins because I think nine wins with this schedule would be tremendous. Now, now we're assuming that BYU wins a bowl game, and we don't know the opponent, so we could even say eight, eight and four, right, in the regular season. Uh, I would take nine wins with this team <sighs> right now. Losing to all three of the regional rivals again. Yeah, because I care more about the total win. The, uh, you, you know what's included in the nine, probably? USC, Tennessee, Washington, maybe you lose well, to you, one of those. You would you, have to beat two of those beat, three. You also beat USF and Toledo, San Diego State. Okay, So you're getting two really, really, really good wins in there somewhere. Right? Sure. And a 9-4 and four record sounds amazing. That's great. But I with those three losses... And this matters for recruiting too. Because if you play, yeah, if you play it out, well, I'll it, play it out. It, for Boise State and Utah State, it doesn't really matter. It's mainly just Utah, right? And even then, I, I don't know. No, that I don't want BYU to lose three times in a row to Utah State. 
I don't think that BYU is losing recruits to Utah State based on what happens on the field very much. Well, who's to say that they're not? We'd have to see the metrics to really understand I, I think that. history. Yeah, it, no. Utah State's won three of the last five. They've won back-to-back. That would mean that BYU loses three in a row to the Aggies. Okay, then it's not just this weird fluky thing. Then it's Utah State is a better program than Everyone BYU. Everyone has their day. Everyone makes a run. No, I play it out 100%. I, I could not do that with those three losses. Nine and four is great, but if you lose to all those three either, of those guys. I don't want those either, but if you give me nine, let's go, baby. No, I can't do it. No way. you got to beat one of those teams. And hopefully it's the one that BYU plays first. Countdown to the youths. 132. 132 days away from Utah visiting BYU and the Cougars' next chance to end the losing streak to that team up north. Yeah, we still say that now. Ben, do you have anything else for us? Yeah, one more for you guys. Would you rather have football win 10 games or hoops yes. win the WCC tournament? 10 games. 10 games. 10 games. <laughs> Because it means you're ranked and relevant. We just we just had spent like the whole first block talking about how BYU needs this validating season. They haven't had it since 2011. If you get 10 wins, there's probably a win against Utah in there if you have that many. Timing is everything. Yeah. BYU hasn't won 10 games since 2011. But forever. And I know that BYU basketball hasn't won a tournament championship since 2001, but it's Mark Pope's first year. It would mean more to Kalani Satake in his fourth season and the overall state of BYU athletics and football for the team to win 10 games than it would for Mark Pope in his first season to win the West Coast Conference Tournament Championship. And I'm sorry, this is a football school and a basketball school. So timing, timing factors into this. school. Yeah, timing factors into this. I'm, I'm going to go with football. Ten wins. Oh, that would be incredible. Yes. With this schedule, oh my goodness. Yes. I would take ten wins in a Mountain West season typically too. Holy Come on. cow. Come on. All right. Coming up, the women's lacrosse team is headed to Nationals. Tess Anderson joins us in the studio. Yes, she's one of our own, Jerem, from BYU Broadcasting now to Nationals. Tess Anderson joins us. How do you prepare for Nationals mentally? This is BYU Sports Nation. Would You Rather is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, Instagram versus reality as inspired by women's soccer. Yes. Watch it on Twitter, Facebook, yes. YouTube, and IGTV. When was that again, Jerem? Right now? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know what? That's my new top head-scratching moment. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, you're right. Fourth and 19 is the worst. Welcome back with our question of the day. What is the most head-scratching moment in BYU sports history? Christopher Isaacson on Facebook. Well, it's 419, so I'll say the Johnny Linehan 4th and 19 fake punt. Well, that's why we're doing it, so yes. that would make sense. <laughs> at Kugmax says... <laughs> Look at Kalani's face. Like, he's like, why am I... I, I didn't doing, go as planned. What, what happened? Incredibly, though. Incredibly. Boise State got no points out of that. I award you no points. They got no points. They missed yeah. the field goal after a penalty. Oh, That's crazy. At Kugmax says, switching to Navy in 99 and the bibs. <laughs> Yeah, the bibs were uh, pretty bad. That was a low point. Part of our legacy. Low point, yeah. Part of our legacy. Joining us now in Studio B of one of the top women's lacrosse club teams in the country. They're headed to nationals. Tess Anderson. Tess, What's welcome up, Tess? to the show. 
Thanks, guys. Excited to be here. Now, it's good to see you. We know you pretty well because you're one of Gregory Bell's interns. So you're around all the time. Yeah. But now you're being interviewed as an athlete. I know. It's exciting. Yeah, this is fun. Um, what do you, where do you start when you prepare mentally for something as big as nationals? Like, How do you keep the, cal- the nerves calm? Um, luckily, we've been there before the last few years, so we've had some experience. And I think our coaches this year, we took second last year. We lost in the championship game. And so I think we're really excited for another shot at it. And our coaches have done a lot better job, I think, at preparing us this year. We are a lot more conditioned this year than we were last year because we kind of ran out of steam at the end. And I think we have a lot more depth this year. Our coaches have really um, developed a lot of players, so I think we're more prepared. So it's a club team. Yes. Where do you practice? Where do you play? So we practice in the indoor practice facility, like the same place the football team practices in the spring, which is really nice. And we play at the Provo High field now the west university fields now lacrosse is taking advantage of that uh, a lot which is great yeah. um where'd you play before because that field's pretty nice yeah the old we, Provo, right? yeah we played at the intramural fields before the north university mm-hmm. fields and they were not great so we're <laughs> very grateful to be at the new field yeah upgrade yeah, yeah. and you get to practice in the ipf that's great so yeah. you guys are the uh you, you won the championship in the rocky mountain women's lacrosse league yeah. and you're the number two overall seed yeah so and, and i didn't realize you were the runner-up so uh it feels like you guys are on a mission right now to uh take yeah, the championship we definitely are um i think we have a really good shot at it this year and i think we're all really motivated after losing last year we we know what it feels like to lose and we don't want to do that again yeah. who, who beat you for the title michigan, michigan. oh okay. come yeah. on michigan who, who, and who's the number one overall seed right now pitt is the number one pitt. overall seed okay yeah what's michigan there i think Five. Okay, are you, so still good. Yeah, Are you so hoping good. to meet up with them at some point? So they're our only loss this year, Ooh. which is surprising because they are not as good this year. So, And they're on the same side of the bracket as Pitt, and Pitt has dominated all season. Okay. So I don't think we'll have to play them again. But you have to go all the way to Virginia Beach for this. Yeah. So a little bit of travel, right? Yes. But uh, kind of fun to be in a different part of the country. Oh, yeah. We're really excited for the beach. How did you get involved with lacrosse? Um, I was always actually a basketball player growing up, like huge basketball family and lacrosse was kind of like an afterthought. My friends were like, Hey, this is super fun in like eighth grade. You got to come play with us. And so it was just like a fun thing I went to do as like an extra hobby. And then I just fell in love with it. It is the best. Where are you from? I'm from Riverton, Utah. Riverton. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, lacrosse continues to grow, right? It's yes. mostly back East, but it continues to grow in the West. Yeah. It actually, last year, I believe just got sanctioned as a high school sport in Utah. So now. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Very cool. And the University of Utah added a D1 men's yeah, program. Yeah. And just went to NCAA. Yeah. And the men's program BYU is tremendous too. Yeah. Who would qualify as your rival right now? Um, probably. Michigan. Yeah, Michigan now that we've lost to them twice in, in close games. But our rival has always been CSU. Um, it's in a Colorado team in our yep. division. But we've destroyed them this year, so <laughs> it's been a good year. Okay, what's, what's harder, um, interning for Greg or taking a stick to the forearm? Ooh, interning for Greg. No, just kidding. <laughs> Greg is awesome. It, interning for him is a blast. It's definitely not as... It's definitely way more fun than getting a stick to the forearm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, just as intense, right? Yeah, very intense. Got, you've could, got a job to do. Exactly. Yes. What What are some of the primary differences between women's lacrosse and men's lacrosse? I know there's some rule yeah. differences. There's definitely a lot of rule differences. I think the biggest difference is they wear, like, helmets and pads, and we just have, like, goggles and mouth guards. So it's a little less contact. We can't just take a girl out, even though it's happened before. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but... 
we and our pockets are a lot more shallow. The boys have like deep pockets, so like we are constantly having to like cradle the ball, mm-hmm. and it takes a little bit more like finesse. Hmm. You have to be a better stick handler yeah. a little bit. And stuff. Yeah. Okay. Like so really, you're saying you you just need to be a better overall player yeah, than the men. Yeah, just like better overall. <laughs> okay. Hey, let's let's get it out there. Now we were talking during the break. Uh, you and your husband are elite BYU fans. You travel we all are. over the country. So not only do you play for BYU lacrosse and mm-hmm. are headed back to nationals and have excelled at the highest level, you you've taken your fandom next level. What's your favorite yep. fan moment that you've ever experienced? Um, Definitely when we were at Wisconsin mm. when we won. Beautiful. That was incredible. I remember us both looking at each other after the game, and we think that that day might be better than our wedding day. <laughs> <laughs> and we like say it in the video. We're like, this is incredible. And now the tickets are framed on our mantle. I love oh, that. That is hilarious. I love that. And, yeah, yeah it probably was. You're right. Uh, <laughs> let's get your autograph. Let's yes. give you BYU Sports yes. Nation karma. karma. May karma. 8th through the 11th mm-hmm. in Virginia Beach. Good luck to uh, Women's Cross. And uh, let's get your uh, Herbie Hancock here if, if you don't mind. All right. So awesome. Much. Tess, thanks for coming Intern on the show. Intern Tess, as Greg would say. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Tess. She's just awesome, Tess, in studio. Yeah, she, she's great. She's great. Coming up, Jonah Treneman is back in the NFL. And Brandon Davies is in the EuroLeague quarterfinals, Jerem. Is he the MVP? Maybe. This is BYU Sports Nation. I voted for him for the MVP yesterday. Shout out to today's guest, BYU wide receivers coach Fessy Satake, and from BYU women's lacrosse, Tess Anderson. Good luck to the Cougars as they go to Virginia Beach for nationals. Shows on demand via the podcast and the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Former Cougar Jonah Treneman is headed to the Chicago Bears, according to his agent. He spent last season on the injured reserve list for the New York Jets. Continuing on with the football beat, Ryan Williams of CBSSports.com has predicted Sione Takitaki will be drafted to the Detroit Lions in the fourth round, 111th overall pick in his mock draft. Volleyball. Number 10 men's volleyball lost to top seed Pepperdine in the MPSF semifinals in three sets. Freshman Davide Gardini, sophomore Gabi Garcia-Fernandez led the team with 10 kills and four digs each. Cougars end the season 13-12. and 12. Baseball. BYU baseball dropping the series opener at Washington 1-0 in Seattle. Game 2 tonight, 9 Eastern on BYU Radio. Game 3 tomorrow at 4 Eastern, also on BYU Radio. Golf. Number 28 women's team for BYU. Third place currently at the West Coast Conference Championships at 16 over. Eight strokes behind Gonzaga. That is yet to be, I guess, updated for the day. Individually, Naomi Suifua leading the way at two over. Tied for second individually. Good luck to the ladies who have won three consecutive West Coast Conference Championships. BYU men's golf hosting the Ping Cougar Classic beginning today at Riverside Country Club. Perfect weather for it, by the way. Cougars will compete against 15 teams, including conference foes St. Mary's and San Diego track and field. Both teams are competing in four different meets uh, in California this weekend. Yesterday, Erica Burke Jarvis ran the fourth fastest steeplechase in BYU history and had a meet and facility record of 955.57. Rory Linkletter ran a career best 1336.41 in the 5,000, seventh best in BYU history. But was it a facility record? I love that. Tennis. Women's tennis plays at Pacific today at 3 Eastern and at St. Mary's tomorrow at 2 Eastern. Good luck. Cougars in pro hoops. In the EuroLeague quarterfinals, Brandon Davies' team, Zalgiris out of Lithuania, won 82-80, helped in part by his 13 Yeah, let's go. 
Cougars in the minors. Brennan Lund walked three times, scored three runs last night in a triple-A Salt Lake Bees win 12-1 over the Fresno Grizzlies. Colton Shaver went one for three with a homer, RBI in two runs, as the single-A Fayetteville Woodpeckers lost to the Carolina Mudcats. Rugby. The men's rugby team plays in the D1A rugby quarterfinals against longtime rival St. Mary's tomorrow, 5 Eastern at Witter Field in California. Today's rise and shout-outs on a Friday. For me, Jerem, going back to a man we just talked about, Brandon Davies, leading his team to a huge win in the EuroLeague playoffs quarterfinals, but he's also up for the all-EuroLeague team. You can vote for Brandon Davies online. Follow the link tweeted out just minutes ago by BYU Sports Nation. Let's jimmer that baby and get Brandon Davies onto the all-EuroLeague team. Shoot. Click I vo- on the link. Yeah, click on it. Thanks, Venna. I voted for Brandon Davis. I'm going to have to redo oh, it. Oh, no. Shoot. Brandon Davis. Mine connects a current uh, uh, Mariner of and course. a former Cougar. Of course. Felix Hernandez, the king. He passed Cougar great Jack Morris uh, in Major League Baseball strikeouts last night. Morris now in 38th place with 2,478 Ks. Of course, Jack Morris, uh, Hall of Famer as of last year. The first and only right now. Former Cougar in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Congratulations to King Felix. I wish that... King Felix would have had an opportunity to pitch in the King Dome. He would have been the king of the king. Right? Dome. Dome. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good. But the King Dome stunk. Yeah. Trust me. Oh, I saw well, several well, games there. Was I the can't worst. believe you are still alive. Well, after no tiles fell place. on me, luckily. Goodness gracious. Our question of the day. What's the most head-scratching moment in BYU sports history? It's... April 19th, 419, 4th and 19th. This is uh, a cursed day. Uh-huh. I would call it a holiday, but it's not that. At Robbie Haskell on Facebook, forgetting to guard Matthew Delvadova at the end of the game. <laughs> Again, why, what, why are we doing this? What's the point of this? Like, what good is going to come out of this? We discussed some this good frustration. moments. We discussed some good moments. You at just got to think harder. Freedom for Troy. First quarter of twi- first quarter 2015 Las Vegas Bowl gets my vote. <laughs> I'm not reading the rest of this. This is garbage content. He we have one pr- minute left in this show. Proud of the way BYU battled no. back. <laughs> Elite Voice of the Day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Celebrating 50 years at Dallin Hickson on Twitter. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was a crisp Boise night. BYU sent the punt team out. Johnny was in the end zone. The play clock counting down. Johnny takes the snap. Wait, is he... Is he really? No. What are they no. doing? No. A fake? No. The most confusing thing I have ever witnessed. Why did we do this? <laughs> and Boise got no points out of it. That truly is head scratching. The I whole wish, thing. I wish we had had Dennis Pitt on the show today. We had plenty of time for you. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jeremiah and Spencer, shout out to Micah Matsuzaki. We'll see you tonight on BYU Radio, or you can listen on BYU Radio for BYU Baseball at 9 Eastern. We'll see you on BYU Sports Nation Monday at noon Eastern. Go Cougs!